Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 18. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Good morning. It is a blessing to be together. We're thankful that you are here. We have a number that are out sick and who are unable to be with us this morning. We need to continue to remember those in our prayers, but we are certainly glad that you are here with us, especially if you are visiting with us. We are indeed grateful that you have made the decision to come to worship the Lord with us, and we hope that we are an encouragement to you this morning, and we Hope that you will open up your Bible and study along with us, that we always are striving to follow God's will and His Word in the Scriptures as He has revealed it to us. And so we invite you to be taking out your Bibles this morning. We're going to be studying from the book of Romans in the 8th chapter. Romans chapter 8 is where we are going to be studying this morning. I invite you to be taking out your Bibles and turning there with us. Not long after becoming a Christian, it is not at all uncommon for us to lose a sense of zeal and excitement that we had. I want you to think back to the moment that you were baptized into Christ and the joy that you had when you came out of the waters. The enthusiasm that you had the next day, you probably had a feeling, I certainly remember it, that I could conquer the world. That because of God who has saved me, I felt empowered. And yet, after years go by, we forget that feeling of empowerment. We forget that joy, we lose excitement that we initially had. And over time, we can even lose a sense of our direction for life. We can deal with physical and spiritual stress, depression, and sluggishness that leaves us hopeless. Leaves us asking, where do we go from here? And in the world, we would call that burnout, that feeling. That idea uh, that goes beyond just stress. And from what I've read is that stress is usually felt in your physical body, but burnout becomes an emotional and inner strain. The problem of burnout is real. It occurs in the workplace, at school, in society at large. And 
over the past couple of years in the course of the global pandemic, I've seen a lot of articles that have dealt with this idea of burnout and realizing just how burned out people were in the workplace and how they felt actually some rejuvenation whenever they had to stay at home for work for a while. That this pandemic has highlighted the issue of burnout. And I would suggest to you that it's not just a societal problem that we can feel burnout at work or in our careers or in our families or, or because of changes in, in family dynamics, but that it is something that we can feel even spiritually. And so how do we deal with that? How can we cope with that? This morning I want us to to look at Romans chapter 8 and look at just a few points that I think can help bring some encouraging and comforting reminders to us. But first, we really need to understand what is burnout. And some of the early signs of burnout in these um, came from a, a website that... I, I used and consulted with to help really understand what burnout is. And early signs of burnout, they say, is that every day is a bad day. That you just have this lack of caring. That you don't care about work or your home life. And everything seems just like a waste of energy. And it's going to include exhaustion where your regular daily activities just become dull and boring and you don't even feel something about it. It goes beyond just having a negative feeling about it. You don't have any feeling of, at all about it. And you feel undervalued, underappreciated. Those are some of the early signs of burnout. And I would suggest that those early signs, that's pretty bad anyway, as we read and as we think about it. Some physical symptoms of burnout can be that you feel tired and drained most of the time. A lowered immunity, frequent illnesses, frequent headaches or muscle pain, a change in appetite or sleep habits. That's how burnout can manifest itself in a physical way, but it also can manifest itself in emotional ways where you can have this sense of failure, self-doubt, this feeling of helplessness. You can feel trapped. You can feel defeated. And then there is this emotional detachment where you feel as if you are the only one in the world who is experiencing this pain and the anguish the turmoil. You lose a sense of motivation. You become increasingly cynical and you have an increasingly negative outlook on life as if nothing can get better and you only expect the worst. Maybe you have the attitude that 
well, I don't get my hopes up because I don't want to get disappointed. That could be an emotional symptom of burnout. You have a decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment. And so what we see is that certainly burnout is a physical problem. It's an emotional problem. And it leads to behavioral problems where you withdraw from certain responsibilities that you have said, yes, I will do. You isolate yourself from others. You procrastinate. You take longer to get things done. You may turn to coping mechanisms using food, drugs, or alcohol. You might uh, take your frustration out on others or you skip work or you come in late, you leave early, those kinds of things would be what you might expect from someone who is burnt out. It's not a pretty picture, is it? It's certainly something that would manifest itself in a lot of different ways and in a lot of different relationships. But what I think we can see is that while it is a physical, emotional, and it leads to behavioral problems, I would also contend that it can be a spiritual problem as well. I want you to think with me about a few scenarios this morning. About some ways in which Christians might feel burned out. Maybe we don't see the value in attending worship or attending Bible classes. Maybe we don't see the value in participating in the song service. Maybe we do not engage in activities with other Christians. We do not have a desire to teach Bible classes. It's a very real struggle that many Christians have. Just in those things alone. Spiritual burnout is real. It's a spiritual problem. But it can go beyond any of those might be deacons who grow tired of the responsibilities they perform. It might be elders that grow weary of their work in guarding and protecting the flock. It may be that we do not see value in, in encouraging others because we have adopted this cynical view that people are just going to mess up again. Maybe it's any worker in the church, man or woman, who is overworked and never thanked. Maybe they're the ones who are experiencing burnout. We grow weary in reading the Bible, especially if we do not understand it. Maybe it's growing tired of praying when we do not see our prayers answered instantaneously. We live in a society where you can shop on Amazon and two days later it's at your doorstep. We live in a 
society where we get things now. You don't have to wait on it. And maybe we grow tired of praying, we grow weary because it's not being answered right away. We forget that the Lord operates on His time, not on our schedule. This is what some people have said about burnout. Being burned out means feeling empty and mentally exhausted, devoid of motivation and beyond caring. People experiencing burnout often don't see any hope of positive change in their situations. If excessive stress feels like you're drowning in responsibilities, burnout is a sense of being all dried up. And while you're usually aware of being under a lot of stress, you don't always notice burnout when it happens. I think burnout is a very real concern that we need to draw attention to, we need to highlight. And if you have begun to sympathize with any of these descriptions this morning, and in particular with some of the signs of spiritual burnout, then I hope you will pay very close attention. But even beyond just listening to what is said in the sermon this morning, I hope that you will take to heart that you're not alone. That others have been where you are, they might be where you are. And they certainly will be where you are at some point. And so what does the Bible have to say about any of these things? Does the Bible address burnout? Well, you're never going to find the word burnout like that in some of these descriptions in the Bible per se. But I think there are some encouraging words of hope that Romans chapter 8 reminds us of. And that's what I wanted to just do this morning. If we're going to be able to deal with burnout, I think it's going to have to begin with understanding some of the promises and the grand hope that we have that God has given us. Some reminders that would give us some strength and some courage, some zeal again to reignite the fires of passion in our service to the Lord. And the first thing that I want to remind us all is that we have been freed from sin. In Romans chapter 8, in the first eight verses, notice that the beginning of this chapter begins with this idea that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It begins with this proclamation that you are not condemned. That's how the whole chapter starts. That you have been justified that you have been freed from sin. That sin is no longer held against you. He goes on in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. That the Gospel, it has given you life. It has given you a reason to live. Sin only brings death and condemnation, guilt and judgment. All those negative feelings you, that you might sometimes have, 
Remember that you have been freed from that. You've been released from that by Christ Jesus and through the Gospel. Jesus, He came to this earth, He tells us in verse 3, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That Christ came to this world and He gave His life as an offering for sin so that we would not have to be held captive any longer. You have been freed from sin and from death. And that's going to manifest itself in how we live. That we are to live a transformed life that is not held under captivity and bondage of sin. He says in verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That if we are living in the flesh, if we are bound by the, the ensnaring nature of sin and death, it brings enmity and hostility towards God. But the Gospel and Jesus Christ brings freedom from sin. It gives us life and hope. It gives life and peace, He tells us. We need to remember that. Because there is nothing more than the devil wants to do than to warp your mind and cause you to forget where you are. The hope that you have in Christ. And if the devil can cause you to forget your salvation, if he can cause you to think on things of this world and focus your mind on the flesh, to be distracted by sin that remains in our life, then we are set up for failure. Living by sin in the world, we are on the path of failure, burnout, and death. Sin thrives in darkness. It creates hostility towards God and towards the people of God. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He does not have to exert a lot of force from outward problems. Satan thrives when we are discouraged. Since one person who is discouraged can in fact discourage others. Discouragement can become contagious and spread. And if we are facing spiritual discouragement, stress, or burnout, remember that you have been freed from Satan's power through Jesus Christ our Lord. A second thing that I think can give us a great deal of comfort is remembering that you are God's child. In Romans chapter 8 and in verse 14, 
The Apostle Paul would say, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are His, we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Remember then, as you are striving to walk and live by the Spirit of God, following the law of the Spirit that has been revealed, following the example of Jesus, it wears down on us sometimes, doesn't it? Because we sometimes stumble and we fail. But you need to remember that you are God's child. Whenever you are focused on the things of the Spirit, whenever you are focused on following God's Word, you are God's child. Remember that. Even if it, thinks, if it feels as if you are going through motions and that you are just checking things off a list, even if things feel meaningless, Remember that you have a unique relationship with God. And He looks upon you with love. And that He counts you as His own. We don't have to be fearful in approaching God. He tells us in verse 15 that we have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The idea of being Abba, that word Abba was an Aramaic term for father. And it was as like the babbling of a baby that would say Dada or Daddy or Papa. And it was used as a term of endearment. And that we can cry out, to God. Remembering that He is our Father and as any father would listen to the prayers and the petitions of their child, God is that for us. And Paul is wanting us to remember that Christians have this unique relationship, a loving, intimate relationship with God. And as God's child, you are an heir with a promised inheritance. He tells us in verse 17, And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That you are a co-heir with Jesus. That's how much God views you as His child. And you have a home that is promised. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and in verse 4, the Apostle Peter talks about how we have been born again in Christ and that because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have 
an inheritance, he says in verse 4, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That you have a relationship with God. You have the promise of an inheritance in heaven with God. And we can pray to God. In Romans chapter 8 and in verses 26 and 27, Paul says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That in those moments when you feel burned out, discouraged, depressed, and distressed, and you don't know what to pray for, remember, God will hear your prayer. That you can communicate and commune with the Lord. Even if you are suffering and you don't know what to say and how to say it, remember that God loves you, that you are God's child. Remember your Christian family. Thank God for your Christian family. Thank someone who works and serves the Lord's church, a teacher, an elder, a deacon, someone who is serving. We often will pray for our elders and our deacons, but we do we pray for others who serve the Lord's church? Do we pray for our Bible class teachers? Do we pray for those who are sick and struggling and write cards or send notes to them? Those people need to be strengthened and encouraged as well. If you are facing the problem of spiritual burnout, you might not feel like praying. That's the reality. You may not feel as if you have this close, intimate relationship with God. You may not want to talk to your Father in heaven. But if you can remind yourself that you are God's child and that God loves you, and we're going to talk some more about the depth of God's love in a moment. But if you can remember that, then it can be such an empowering reminder. You also need to remember your future hope and glory. Romans chapter 8 deals with this idea of the suffering of a Christian. Romans 8 and verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and to freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, 
waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. What Paul is talking about is he's talking about the creation and he's talking about the church as Christians. We are the new creation of God. I don't think he's talking about the earthly creation and how it groans or anything of that nature. He's talking about people and the suffering that you might be enduring, the burnout that you might be feeling, the distress, the discouragement. And he says all of that should be a reminder that there is something far better than what you're going through. Know this, that any experience that we have here is nothing compared to what we will have. Verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We may groan, we may suffer, but the sufferings are only for a short time relatively speaking. Something much better will be on the other end. Just like the pains of childbirth. Any mother knows that it endured hard labor. The pain, the anguish that that brought. Any mother also knows the reward being able to hold that precious child in their arms. It was worth it. Whenever you might be feeling discouraged, think of heaven. Think about the glory that you will receive. And he tells us in verse 24, for in hope we have been saved. Hope. It's a desire and an expectation. He says, in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. It, It would be fulfilled. But we have hope. Something that we have not yet received. That there is something more to come than just this life. In this world, the pain and the anguish that we might be feeling, he wants us to remember beyond that. If we're facing burnout, we have to change not only our thinking, we have to change our vision. We have to look towards heaven. Another thing that we are reminded of is in verse 28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. As Paul has reminded the Roman church, that they are not condemned, that the Spirit it testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. We have hope 
that we have been saved by hope. These blessings are meant to be a security for us. They are meant to encourage us and help us. And we need to remember that God is the cause of good things for those who love Him. That God is the reason for those things being in your life. That the blessings are meant to produce strength, endurance, character. That's for our spiritual good. That's why God gives us these blessings. And thank God and praise Him for these gifts. And when spiritual burnout starts to creep into our lives and we feel like giving up, reflect on some of the things that God has given us that we find in this chapter. No condemnation that we are children of God. We have the first fruits of the Spirit and the hope of our bodily resurrection. We have the hope of eternal life. We have been saved. That we have perseverance that we once did not have. We have the Spirit's intercession. These spiritual blessings can help us combat burnout and discouragement. They help empower us and give us a strength to overcome. God is the cause of these good things. And so when we might not feel zealous anymore, reflect on some of the blessings that God has given. Reflect upon this list. Find more. There's more in there. I'm certain of it. Reflect on it. Think about it. And then remind yourself that if you quit serving God, you give up these things. You give up these good things that produce spiritual strength in yourself. And then one final point for us to remember is that remember God loves you. The end of Romans chapter 8 is filled with encouraging words that give us strength, courage, and power. He says in verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? And then we get to really see the depth of God's love. I told you we would come back and we would revisit that. The depth of God's love in verse 32, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? If you don't believe any of this stuff that we've talked about so far and from Romans chapter 8, if you think, Sean, these are just a bunch of words, they're empty, they don't mean anything to me, because I'm feeling burnt out. That I'm feeling hopeless. If you think, Sean, this sermon has just been a waste, read verse 32. Because those are not my words. Those are the words of God and His Holy Spirit. If you want to know how much God loves you, He did not spare His own Son. 
He did not spare His own Son so that you could be saved. So that you could be justified. So that you would have an intercessor. In verse 33, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns Christ Jesus? Is He who died? Yes, rather, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God who also intercedes for us. I love verse 34 because I think it gives us such an important clue. Remember as he's been talking about all these things that we are suffering and all the things that we are going through. What does he say about Jesus? Yes, he died, but rather he was raised. On the other side of the cross, there's a resurrection, isn't there? That's an important lesson for each and every one of us. You might feel as if you are suffering and discouraged and that you're beat down and that you're burnt out. But there is hope on the other side. You can come through it. And I know that because Jesus came through it. And, G- and Paul has been arguing throughout this whole chapter that we are heirs with God, co-heirs with Christ. What God has done for Jesus, He is going to do for you. And he goes on in verse 35, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, none of it is going to separate you from the love of God. Just as it is written, For your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No other created being is going to be able to separate us. No cosmic force is going to be able to separate us from the love of God. No present nor future tribulation or distress, or persecution can separate you from the love of God. As high up as you can go, as far low as you can go, there is nowhere that you can go that God's love cannot be found. Nothing in this life, in this universe, or in God's creation is able to separate you from the love of God. In verse 37, we are more than conquerors, he tells us. If you are feeling burnt out, read these verses day in and day out. And remember God's love for you. If you are facing spiritual burnout, remember God's love for you. Remember that His love empowers you. Remember that because of God's love and Christ's sacrifice, you can enjoy a beautiful, thriving, and exhilarating relationship with God and Christ. I hope that some of these things, these reminders, you probably knew all of them already. But I hope that they can remind you and give you strength in the battles that you might be facing. And I hope that whenever you remember that you are freed from sin, 
that you remember you are God's child, when you remember your future hope of glory, when you remember God causes good things for those who love Him, and when you remember God loves you, I hope the danger of spiritual burnout can be avoided. And that you can feel a sense of empowerment. And that you remember that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Through God's love, we are empowered to overcome and be victorious. There's victory. God's love. There's victory in Jesus Christ. This morning, if you are not yet a Christian, and I hope you will think about some of the blessings that you're missing out on. That God has given His only begotten Son He gave His Son to go to the cross for you and for me. And that if you will come in faith, believing in Jesus as God's Son, repenting of your sin, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, and being washed in water, Your sins can be removed from you. You can be freed from sin. And you can obtain that sweet victory in Jesus that we're about to sing about. Maybe it is that you have made those steps and you've become a child of God, but you're not feeling that victory. I hope this morning has been encouraging to you. And I hope you will renew yourself and your zeal to God. And if sin has crept back into your life, and you need to make some changes, we're here to encourage you, not to judge you. We're here to pray with you and help you in your walk with the Lord. If there's anything that we can do this morning to help you, would you come now as we stand and as we sing?